Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. My personal love lessons. All right, this is where I get vulnerable, grab a beverage, pull up a chair. Maybe you're driving or laying down. I don't know what you're doing, but this is going to be a long one. I have a cup of coffee next to me. Let me take a sip one sec. And this is going to be a long one because I've learned so much. I am 45 years old. I've been in relationships most of my life. I've also coached thousands with their relationships, and of course, I write um, about love and dating and relationships and all that, and I've been doing that for the last decade. So I've learned some things, and I wanted to share them with you. We learn through our own stories. Take what you will and leave the rest. Okay, so the first thing I've learned is that the power of love and the early imprints, um, and also the, the distortions that they produce. So usually, and if you look back at your love experiences, um, the most powerful ones were the, the early ones, right? And when I say early, I'm not talking about when you were playing in the sandbox and had a crush or first discovered that you, like, you actually liked someone or you felt um, the tingling <laughs> of someone who excites you in a sexual way. I'm talking about high school, college, you know, maybe in your early 20s. When you really get into a uh, relationship where you are um, submerging yourself and hanging out with the person, um, usually these early imprints are, are are the most powerful because they're the first ones, right? And the mistake that most people make is when they get older, they compare their, the relationship that they are in now with the feeling they had back in the early days and the reason why that is unfair and also unhealthy and not accurate is because there's a huge distortion there right when we were when we were um, younger and we had no tools (laughs) we just were attracted to someone we didn't know why and everything was life or death and you know, and if the relationship was bad, then the sky was falling. And if it was good, then life was amazing. Um, your day basically depended on your relationship with <laughs> with your partner, right? And so all the weight was on that. Um, you also lose yourself because, you know, at that age, you know, early early age, we don't really have much of a life, number one, but two, uh, we have low self-awareness, right? So whatever we feel, we gravitate toward, and then we start to lose ourselves in that. And so that can become, that feeling is very powerful. So um, whether it's healthy or not doesn't matter. The feeling of that love is extremely powerful. That's undeniable, right? Now, here's the distortion, that doesn't necessarily mean that that was healthy love, and chances are it wasn't, right? The, our, our our dysfunctional love patterns were usually early on, and then as we grow and learn, and as our hearts get shattered, and we start to learn lessons and what's what's um, healthy and unhealthy, and we learn about this thing called drawing boundaries and all of that, right? And we start seeing a therapist. <laughs> um, we start processing, and then when that happens. 
we start to look for a different love. Um, but what we do is we start comparing healthy love with what was when we first experienced some of these early imprints, right? Those love experiences. And we think that if we don't feel that same way, then our there's something wrong with our relationship or there's something wrong with our partner or us. Or maybe that the person we're not we're with isn't the one, you know, etc. And we forget that the early imprints and the power of those love experiences um, don't necessarily mean that they're healthy. And because so much time has gone by, um, they're also not accurate. Uh, I think I read somewhere that 50% of what we, rem we remember is actually not even true. So we're holding on to the residue of the feeling, right? Um, and that is not something to compare your current love, or if you're single, um, who you're going to choose to love, to your old first imprints. So that was a personal lesson for me, and I think um, I subconsciously have been comparing or searching for that powerful, mind-blowing, getting-in-lost love experience I had when I was, I think, around 23, you know, um, where I heard angels and my whole life revolved around that person and every activity was about hanging out with that person and all of that stuff, right? And that, at that age, everything is new, so the feelings are new, all the exploring, the sex, the sex um, everything was new and fresh and powerful. Uh, it was basically cocaine, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this. Um, for some, maybe it comes earlier, like high school, for, but I, I think it's usually in our 20s we experience this. And it's crazy, and it's chaotic, and there's something exciting about that. And then as we get older, uh, we learn about the uh, consequences of that kind of love. Um, but And we don't want it, but at the same time, we find ourselves comparing our current love to that old feeling of our first imprints. And so... That's one of my love lessons is to stop doing that, <laughs> is to stop loving with your past, right? I always talk about loving without your past. So um, leave that shit behind because it's not accurate, you know? And also, you're a different person today than you were when you were, you know, 21. Okay, number two. This kind of... Um, is, uh, is is in the same kind of area, uh, but it's a little bit different. It's uh, I don't trust the lightning, and what I mean by that is, I used to always be, and, and I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic, you know, like many, and I used to always search for like the lightning in the bottle. You know, you see someone across the room, you meet the, you meet eyes, and you just know. Um, I don't really believe that you know in five seconds, you know, and I and I also am starting to believe that if the attraction is that powerful it's actually probably not healthy you know um, if you listen to the uh, other lesson the um, predator prey right there's a lot of stuff that happens to um, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the uh, dynamic of the attraction why we gravitate toward people you know on a subconscious level 
it's not just uh, a physical appearance, obviously, right? It's not just um, you're attracted to someone because they're funny or because they're smart or because they're sexy. Yes, that's obvious, but there's something more powerful than all of that, and it's this weird subconscious dynamic that is tied to our story. Um, and this stuff, most of the time, if it's extremely powerful, if it's undeniable and it feels like lightning in the bottle, um, is coming from an unhealthy place, right? And this is when we start to get codependent. This is when there's enmeshment. This is when we start to lose ourselves. This is when um, that sticky uh, creates one crazy container that two people are in instead of each person having their own container, which is what healthy love looks like, right? So I don't trust the lightning <laughs> because lightning means that um, that powerful connection can be so powerful that it ends up being a dysfunctional relationship, right? And when it's like that, it's really hard to, to um, build, and this is my number three learning, a mature adult intimacy. So my third love lesson is this idea of mature adult intimacy and the revelation I had this year. And it was in my therapy room, um, well, not my therapy room, but in a therapy room with my own therapist as I was talking about and processing uh, love and dating and all that. That, And I had this huge aha moment that maybe I've never experienced like actual mature adult intimacy. And it blew my mind. It was like the ending of the movie The Sixth Sense where you just start where you're like, holy shit, Bruce Willis has been dead the entire time. And you start playing back the movie every scene. And I started to play back every relationship that I've ever been in searching for evidence that it was uh, mature adult intimacy and I'll be honest with you I couldn't find any I mean yes there was attraction yes there was you know I've been in relationships with like um, crazy sex or you know crazy physical attraction and I've been in relationships where um, I mean things were great and 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 I've been in relationships where we were friends before and then we became lovers and you know all of that stuff but like mature adult intimacy and maybe part of it is because I've just recently kind of um, been thirsty for it and when you're in your 20s you it's not something that's even in your vocabulary right and you think that it is mature adult intimacy whatever you're in um, you don't realize that it's not but this kind of intimacy where you can look into someone's eyes and and um, not only make love to the person but like just have the next level feelings you know um, high notes um, the relationship being greater than the parts you know um, mature adult intimacy also means um, having your own lives it means uh, having tools right you can't have a mature adult intimate relationship if people don't have tools or self-awareness uh, because that kind of intimacy is built um, if you're in a relationship where it's just nothing but reactions and uh, an episode of Telemundo that is not mature adult intimacy um, I don't think my parents uh, although they've been although they've been together forever and I'm sure they've had sex twice it's because they have two sons um, they, they definitely don't have a mature adult intimate relationship uh, and maybe part of that you know growing up in, with them has has made me confused and, and, and maybe I don't know 
what adult uh, intimacy, uh, mature adult intimacy is. And so anyway, that was a revelation I had this year, and it really blew my mind. And then it got me really thirsty for, okay, well, then what is that if I've never had it? And how can I how can I get give that to myself, right? How can I actually taste that? How can I have that experience so I could start to lean into building something that is going to be sustainable? And so I'll tell you a little bit about my definition today. And of course, our definitions change as we change, right? But I think mature adult intimacy is about two individuals building something greater. Um, I think mature adult intimacy is about um, something that is deeper than skin, right? Or skin hunger. I think it's about uh, self-awareness. I think it's about, um, I think there's a spiritual component, right? I think um, it's selfless. I think it's all the stuff that I talked about, you know, on the lessons above. I think it's about uh, uh holding and not grabbing. I think it's about support, empathy, encouragement, own containers, um, and really pulling from kindness and compassion and um, seeing the essence of, of who someone is, not just body parts, right? Um, the spirit of someone appreciating who they are not trying to control them like so i mean i could go on and on but but um all of that turns into an adult uh, a mature adult intimacy you know and sometimes mature adult intimacy isn't exciting you know some days it's 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 um consistency some days it's just having someone that you trust and uh respect um, and maybe sometimes it's it's not going to be uh, where you, where you feel with butterflies, right? And I think that that's what mature adult intimacy is. Is it's like it, it's not about the fantasy of it. It's not about what we see in the movies, but it's uh, something that's real and sustainable. Um, I just mentioned the word consistency, and I think without it, you can't build it because I think um, time and spending. A lot of time with someone over uh, you know uh, all the chapters of your life and the winters and the ups and downs I think that's what creates this um, mature adult intimacy so consistency is I think one of the key ingredients you know not only uh, the people being consistent in who they are and how they love but the consistency of the the relationship right the duration okay my next love lesson is called love the love braces concept <laughs> yes I'm not the best at titles you know this so let me explain I think that if you become self-aware and you know the difference between healthy and unhealthy um, and you choose someone that is healthy for you and you know that this person and you can build something amazing and you trust that but let's say there's something's missing like you know let's say there's it, it, the, the person isn't as um or maybe the chemistry isn't quite there or like whatever whatever there's a little things maybe uh that that um you find uh, don't rate as high as some of your, your other relationships but what this relationship has is this knowing that 
the relationship itself is going to grow you and stretch you. Um, I call this love braces, right? As in, <laughs> we all have jacked up love teeth uh, from our experiences and the toxic shit that we've been through. And I think by choosing um, not only with your heart, but with your brain and knowing what is good for you. And also like with your soul, you know, that that deep knowing that this person is meant to be in your life. And, and, and by you choosing to love this person and by this person choosing to love you, you guys are both going to get your love braces and create a new experience for yourself that's going to be, um, it's going to take both of you guys to the next level as people, evolve you guys, right? And I believe in that. And so if that is important to you, um, listen, of course you have to be attracted to the person, right? I'm not saying to go – I'm not saying to, 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 to love your, just your best friend that you have zero attraction, physical attraction to. Now, of course you have to be attracted and all of this. I'm just saying to um, realize that who you choose and what they bring to the table and what you bring to the table – can create something bigger that involves your expansion that involves you ev uh, evolving right so like love doesn't just uh, just doesn't have to be about love if that makes sense right it's not just about um chemistry and and sex and and dinners right <laughs> that's all part of it but um there's something bigger that you can build that's going to contribute to who you are and I think that's exciting, and I think that's what makes love so beautiful, you know, the power in that. So that is my love braces concept, and I've gotten to the point where now I'm 45, and I'm pretty aware of what I think that I need. I am also very aware of my defects and where I, where I fall short and my weaknesses, um, and making choices based on that knowing is going to give you the love braces that you need, not... Um, not just going by a feeling, right? Feelings are not facts, and our feelings can get us into trouble. Okay. Sex at 45. This is my fifth personal love lesson. Okay. Um, where do I start? You guys know that... Generally speaking, um, men uh, at – I should just say me. I shouldn't say men and women, but but me, uh, since this is technically quote-unquote personal, um, when I was 18, I was – all I would think about is sex. Um, it, it just took a breeze. That's all it took. Uh, I remember just in high school, couldn't even pay attention. Um, and I think part of that is, is uh, me growing up – um, in a non-parental household. Does that make sense? My parents were always gone, and so I had access to all the junk food and the cable TV, and I was exposed to things like Playboy and porn and stuff at an early age and, 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 and images. And, and I know that today, especially with the Internet, um, our children are also exposed to that, so I was extremely sexual. Um, and so, you know... My life in my 20s and college and all that, I was basically just a walking erection, right? So I didn't. I had a very two-dimensional uh, definition of sex. Um, and then, of course, uh, 30s, deepening, learning more about sex, etc. And now at 45, um, sex isn't just about the 
orgasm for me at all um it's it's less ego driven um there there's no goal to sex to me sex is about exploration um and i think this is a great thing um i think this is kind of a natural uh evolving with with uh, people in general um that uh, as we get older and we have different sex, sex experiences uh, and of course this also depends on the relationship you have with your body right so if you are really insecure and don't like your body or if that's how you were in the past but now you actually have a better connection to your body then of course your sexual experiences are going to be better um, I know for a lot of women not every woman but for a lot of women their early sex experiences are about just pleasing um, their partner and not so much about their own needs, right? Because they're not comfortable in their body or they're just discovering. And I know later on, you know, when women are, I don't know, 30s, 40s, and then they start to also uh, sexually peak, they're now more interested in um, themselves. <laughs> they're actually more interested in having uh, experiences where they are, they, are, they are actually included in the experience, right? So for me... At 45, um, sex is exploration. I mean, just to really simplify it, that's what it is for me. And I, I'm okay with that definition. I, I like it. Um, I, I'm, it's become a whole new world, right? And so that's exciting. And the way that I approach sex um, is not definitely not how I approached sex when I was in my 20s. So sex at 45 is all about exploration and i challenge you to re-explore redefine um what sex means to you and uh what and it doesn't matter what the activity is uh it starts with the mindset and the intention but whether we're talking about um sex toys or uh you know the different positions or uh i mean everything right the environment the mood um exploring uh, not only your body but your partner's body just everything you know i call it um i call it sting sex and <laughs> because supposedly sting the singer uh has like tantra sex and his sex experiences are like 12 hours or something ridiculous um now that's not i don't who's got time for that i don't have time for that but that mentality of exploration and um for sex not to be a goal or ego-driven or orgasm-driven, but um, a way to connect um, and share your personal intimate experiences with someone by exploring each other's bodies and also um, more than that, right? More than bodies, but exploring each other in on every level, right? So that's one of my love lessons. Okay, number six. This is also something I kind of learned this year and it's that love comes in moments you know I think many people believe that love is a consistent thing that is always there and if you don't feel you know as you felt yesterday then there's something wrong etc you know what love comes in moments it's that moment when you I don't know, you're doing the dishes or something and your partner's next to you and you notice something in the way that he looks at you or um, in the morning, the first kiss or the, um, I'm a very tactile person, so uh, the hand on my back, you know, 
I, I personally like my back scratched all the time, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's the knowing glance um, when when you guys are going through something or if you're at a party or, you know, it's, it's these moments, I think, um, that really, uh, that love comes in, you know, and so like underlining, um, there's always love there, of course, right? When you choose to love someone, you're building something and there's, there's love there. Um, but I think that it's the moments that remind us, um, how much we love someone, right? So that was a huge, um, revelation for me in that I think I generally thought that that love is a, a, a consistent um, always on one level and it, it's not true it fluctuates and, and, and not only does it fluctuate but I, I believe that love comes in moments okay the next one uh, this is just kind of a general statement and it's that uh, you'll never forget who you loved and you're not meant to I think that we try so hard to um, especially if who we loved was not healthy and was toxic and has you know made us very angry and resentful we try to uh, erase that experience right and listen imagine if all your love experiences were quote-unquote perfect um, with zero turbulence you would have learned nothing and we're actually supposed to love fearlessly and get hurt and go through the tunnels and our winters um it's like life right if life was easy there would be no hero's journey and if love was always just that one note and every experience was you know rainbows and unicorns and roses and we would learn nothing about ourselves right and so it's through these experiences that have been crazy um, that we learn about love and life and what we want, what we don't want, that we learn about ourselves, our bodies, um, how we want to love, who we want to love, right? And so stop trying to forget and erase your love experiences that weren't healthy. It's usually the ones that were the most unhealthy where you learned the most from, right? And so the most powerful um, love experience for me so far uh, was my marriage and if it wasn't for that experience um, that was also you know a bit crazy and, and dysfunctional and all of that um, codependent um, but if it wasn't for the expiration of that right if it wasn't for my divorce I would have never um, been positioned to learn about myself and create new definitions of love and and not only love, but also set me off on a path of helping other people and running toward my true north and writing books and all that stuff. So stop trying to forget and erase your old love experiences. Uh, they are valuable, you know. Next lesson, and um, this is a love lesson that I've actually uh, learned many years ago. Um, but every year I'm reminded of it and it's that at the end of the day love is a choice right we choose to love someone based on so many factors uh, and this includes where we're at and what we need and where we're at and what we need changes right like where you're at today and what you believe that you need today is very different than what you where you were at at 21 and what you needed at 21 and if you are 21 listening to this audio course then what you, where you were at and what you needed when you were 17 is very different than what you um 
where you're at and what you need today at 21. So, love is a choice. And you're going to choose based on where you're at in life. And so, your choice at 21 is going to be very different than your choice at 45. And finally, I want to say that if you want a great relationship, this is my final love lesson and uh, note to self. You have to water your own grass, you know, um, especially today with so much noise and distractions and social media and, and uh, things like Instagram and, and, and also like uh, dating apps if you're out dating. All of the filters and people and, and choices. Um, I was talking to someone the other day and they were just saying like, um, people are like condiments today, <laughs> you know. And it was someone who's single who's dating, and the frustration of that, and and the um, I think it's called analysis paralysis, or when there's so many choices you can't even pick. Um, pick someone, right? And first of all, that person is not going to be perfect because you're not perfect. Um, and when you do pick someone, invest by watering your own grass, because we are wired to drift. We are curious creatures. We are going to look over the fence. We're going to. Uh, there's no way you're only going to connect with one person on this planet when there's billions of people, right? And then also, especially with the internet and conversations and stuff, you're going to connect with a lot of people. You're going to be attracted to a lot of people. Don't den don't don't deny that. You're just lying to yourself. But if you choose to love one person and that's your choice, then. Um, you're choosing to love that person, and it's okay to uh, find someone else attractive. There's something. There's there's a difference between being attracted to someone and choosing to love someone, right? Just because you think someone, uh, say, is charismatic or funny, doesn't necessarily mean you want to sleep with that person, right? Or build a relationship with that person. So, water your own grass, um, and and know that uh, you are going to drift and you, you are going to uh, be attracted to other people. And this is why I'm saying water your own grass because if you don't, it's so easy to drift, right? And so ask yourself, what does it look like to water your own grass? I know for me, it means to be fully present. It means to have uh, the right intentions. It means to do things like date night and um, express my love language to that person and uh, not allow myself to drift you know I think that takes work um, it's like meditation where you drift in your thoughts and then you kind of you don't fight it you allow yourself to think them then you come back to your, your uh, you come back to the here and now right you come back you just kind of watch your thoughts drift and go down the river and I think at the end of the day, you come back to your person, whether it's uh, not only physically, uh, but all, if you live with that person, but also mentally and emotionally. Um, you go out into the world, and 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 you know, um, you're distracted, or you can be. And watering your own grass means coming back to that person, um, giving that person your heart, your undivided attention, um, your love, the way that you choose to love, right? So those are my love lessons, and I want to end with this. Guys, the beauty of love is that it changes, you know. Um, it's one of the th strongest superpowers that we have, and 
it's because that we change and who we are change who we are changes and uh, what we want changes and 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 that's all because of what we've learned that our love also then changes and i find that beautiful um i know that in that process there's going to be a lot of pain i know in that process there's also going to be loneliness and frustration um and if you're you know if you're single and you're you're dating people and you're exploring all that um there's going to be times that you feel hopeless or that maybe your one isn't out there um but i want you to know that um it's all seasonal right there's ups and downs and there's winters and there's summers and there's you know there's there's rain but then there's also uh sun and then there's cloudy days and it's all part of love and i choose to believe that that's beautiful and i choose to believe that that's what being human um is like right experiencing love in all the, the the whole box of crayons right all the different colors listen if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have it's time to become a life coach journey coaching when i became a coach there was nothing like this out there and so i developed this coaching training program alongside noel cordo journey coaching that's J-R-N-I, and it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive.